Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is Ben Slinger. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. How are you? Good, sir. Doing well. Doing well this fine evening. What, uh, what sort of games, what sort of game designy games are we going to get up to tonight, Trevor? I think we continue with our what three words because that was good fun last week and maybe we'll chuck a movie in there or two see how it goes yeah that worked out well i think last week we had some really fun back to our fun world building kind of uh kind of kind of vibe which you know we both enjoy so uh Mm -hmm. yeah let's do it so what three words is a site that has split the entire earth up into i believe three meter squared chunks and assigned three words to each of those chunks and uh we choose a random latitude and longitude get the words from those chunks from that chunk and uh use that word to come up with a game design so trevor what three words winners over uncompromising all right so i feel like we've got either a protagonist or an antagonist here who is just a Uncompromising, uncompromising winner, yeah, like does whatever it takes to win. I feel like that probably works better Ooh, than antagonist. I, I kind of like the idea of of a game where you've got to cheat and do whatever the whatever the hell you can to win. Okay, so cheat in lie, cheat, steal in well, I ca- <laughs> in a gaming sense, even. Well, like, that's it. I, I kind of I like the idea that somehow through gameplay you're discovering cheat codes for the game you're playing and yeah, that like but it's actually all, part of the game yeah you're kind of finding look over here i I found like a game shark code and now i can plug that in now i've got you know unlimited power to to punch through this wall and like i like the idea of doing it in a game shark or game genie way and for those who aren't as old as us uh these were well, at least I know the Game Genie was. Is the Game Shark the same thing? Where on uh, specifically on cartridge systems, you mm-hmm. would plug this into where the where the game would usually go, and then it had another slot on the top. And yep, and you plug the you plug cartridge the game into, the top into of that. that, and then <laughs> it had a way. Uh, did it because it was for specific games built in then that it knew yeah, what to you- what to edit in memory essentially. Uh, yeah, so effectively you had to put in an address and you had to put what you wanted to in- insert into that address and all this sort of stuff. Oh, and- so is that, because I never used one, is that then what a Game Shark or Game Genie code was? It was literally just, here's the address and what you wanted for to For this game, here's the memory it. address for the health <laughs> and yeah. keep it at 100 at all times. Okay, I, didn't, I never realised it was that simple. Uh, yeah, so- I mean, it's not that simple because it's actually pretty insane what they were able to do with it. Oh, but, no, um, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but essentially, because of the way- It's cheat engine. Cartridges like- work, then, yeah, they <laughs> were able to- just- That's really what that was. Yeah. Uh, but I like that idea of the different items in your game. You can get these pass-through devices for them, which then let you alter attributes about like your sword or your gun or your whatever, you know, whatever type of game it is. So it's not quite like hack and slash, which was a game by double fine, um, which was very much, you know, you can use your USB sword to, you know, attack like a turtle and Mm. make it. So it could now not stop you and all this. Yeah. You were literally sort of rewriting code and setting parameters. 
I think this is more just, it's more around almost a bit of a Metroidvania kind of thing actually could be interesting where you've got your basic sword and shield or whatever it is uh, at the start, but then through the game, the things that you find are like these game genie things for specific Mm. items. And then maybe you have to find specific codes for them to know to turn on different things. You know, you. I think throughout the game, you actually find out that, or you learn that you are in a game. So your character itself knows that they're in a game, and they're like, "Well, if I'm in a game, then it means that there are rules that can be broken." And straight away, they're thinking about, "Ooh, can I use this thing that I found? This weird glowy number thing? Yeah, can that like be applied to my ammo that I've got here?" And it's like, "Yes, it can. <laughs> awesome!" And it's like <laughs> he's he's starting to think of. And become a little bit corrupted by the mm. by the idea that anything that he thinks of, you know, can. Oh, so does he eventually plug one of these things into himself and alter his own like set, you know, his memory limit? Like, or I don't know. I guess he probably can't do that, but um, yeah. And that's like when his, he turns his- into a sprite of Guy Fieri. <laughs> 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 I may have been watching a little bit too much. Um, McElroy's run of whatever it is, Zelda. Link to the past, with, you know, Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri and- <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I like that idea of that being the kind of climax of it then is uh, is that you set your, I don't know, your clock speed, your own clock speed or something, or your processing speed up to 99999 um, and, uh, and transcend, essentially. But I think what could actually happen is it could be one of those things where it's sort of a loop in the fact that the antagonist that you've been going against the whole game is actually yourself. It's yourself. It's, it's yourself from the future. And, yeah. And you end up sort of maybe the only way to break the loop is to actually make it a paradox. And that sort of mm. resets everything back to the next run is is just- And that brings that meta sort of thing in where- like when you actually work out that you can you can do it without yeah. going down this route. Yeah, I do like that idea actually of you reach the end of the game, you've made yourself all powerful, you find yourself tra- like transported back to the beginning of the game where you first saw this antagonist. Now you're on this side, you realize, oh my god, like I it was me this whole time. All right, I reset, hit the reset button. <laughs> Or like start well, a new game, or, <laughs> or you you realize that you're now the antagonist, and you're just like, well, I've got to. You play through the game as the antagonist this time, sort of. Oh god, yeah, okay. Well, what I was going to say is, it'd be interesting to reset, reset. You're back to where you were, but you've got some knowledge now where you can create this paradox or whatever, or you can like destroy the first game genie thing that you came across or something. It's something that you'd never do the first time playing through it, but now having gone through it, you look and end the loop. I think it's one of those things you cannot do the first time, rather than something that you wouldn't expect to be able to do. Because if you accidentally hit, you know, but uh, the X button, what if you really want to make it easy for speedrunners to (laughs) (laughs) start the game and just instantly finish it because of the one thing they know they can do? Uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you just have to make it a certain combination of things. That you could do like I, it's I not like just the, a, a destroy. I like button. the idea that the first time, the first time you see this particular 
like game genie sort of thing. It's it's a cutscene that you you go and collect it, and then the next time that you see it, you know about it, and it's like, oh, I if I pick this up, I know what's going to happen. So you get the choice to to destroy it or mm. or continue on. Uh, yeah, and that the- well, <laughs> one. Int- <laughs> What if one of the things that you got at some point was the ability to break out of cutscenes? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get that till later on, yeah. and you use it like very late in the game. But as as long as you know the code, you can do it r- immediately at the beginning. And so, you know what I'd love about that though—the fact that you could actually then tease that something like that could happen by having, you know, occasionally when you see a cutscene and you see like a collectible. In mm. the background mm. that is like spinning around is like, I want to get that. And you never get that chance. Oh, right. To then have that, yeah. To then have that power to break out of the cutscene, go over and pick it up and then <laughs> jump back into the cutscene from where it was, where it was leaving, yeah. leaving off. Like, I could see that working so well and being, being one of those things of, oh, finally I can do it. Yeah, it's the only finally way. I can- the, it, it, yeah. It's the only way you can do it. I do like the idea of, again, in that sort of game genius way, like, you had to just write the codes. Like you'd have people. You just had a what is that? You just had a notebook of uh, game genie codes, right? I like the idea that that, <laughs> that in this you actually have to uh, you have to write them down. Like we don't we don't save them. We don't make it you know easy to. <laughs> See, easy to I just- think that I think that's that's a bit. That's a bit crazy. I like the idea of <laughs> that you don't have to necessarily do that. No. <laughs> no. But that's just, that's what we had to do as kids. You had to write these codes down as you came across them and then enter them in. Like, and so anytime you get to, I want to give them the old school Game Genie interface where you're entering the <laughs> 0XFF2B. Basically, you can, you can, Hit at any time the X button on your on. I'm thinking of of a Xbox controller, yeah. not a PlayStation controller. So X or square button. Yeah. Um, and that brings up like a, a game genie pop up. Yeah. And like, given that this will probably be for console as well, one of the things that happened on the console is you had to manually scroll through all the letters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you wouldn't be able to make it that they want to change this too often. I, I think the fir- the first time that it happens, he goes, "Oh God, we've got to we've got to come up with a better better way of doing this." Like it's a meta meta sort of thing of. Or I mean, I guess I'll give up. Maybe like- we can have like a little notepad page come up on the screen that writes down the codes. Uh, <laughs> but if you do the reset and go back to the beginning, you don't have that. So the only way you can still get that first collectible or like break the final loop is to have memorized it or written it down from your previous run, that specific code, because in-game you haven't found it yet. I kind of like the idea that there's, rather than it being the same code all the time, there's, like, a seed. Mm. And it's basically the code can be worked out, like, you, you've you got the base code, and if, you, if you're smart enough with, like, with some like sort hex, of- hex, uh- Reading hex and knowing what it might. Reading hex yeah. and all this sort of stuff and knowing how you can, how you can change it around a little bit. Yeah. I kind of like the idea that, you know, at one stage you get a base 64 key. And I was like, oh, so what you need to do with that is decode it from base 64 into, mm. into, you know, the, the, um, 
decode that back into into, into uh, base into into the base binary bytes or whatever, yeah. and then convert that back into into hex from there. And it was like, oh, okay, that's this brings it to a code now that I can understand. Right. Or, yeah, I mean that's asking I know, the, I, that's asking the player to. I I may be dealing with this at work at the moment, so <laughs> it may be in my mind. Uh, Cryptography that's cool, is fun. <laughs> uh, cool. Um, the thing is, I I can see this really working for a game, though. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that kind of meta meta idea, the nostalgia around it. I think you need to make it. Um, I, like I don't. We haven't talked about it, but I'm picturing it as a two D platformer. Uh, yes, same. I'm not pict- like at first. I was thinking because of hack and slash. I was thinking like you a Zelda ish yeah. sort of thing. But I'm like, no, no, no. A platform of actually makes it work a little bit better. Yeah. So I think it is a bit of a Metroidvania ish sort of thing, um, where you do you do unlock these things every time. Uh, but yeah, with this sort of meta thing and the, and the loop in there and the different codes. Yeah, that's cool. I play that. Yeah, that's fun. Looks like we've got to come up with a way of maybe putting a prototype together. Maybe. Maybe. All right. Hey, Ben, what three words? Catfight, typos, backcourt. Okay. Cats playing tennis. That's what I- <laughs> that, That's kind of- All right, that's know, not where, where I was my, going, but we, my follow, mind. we can follow that path. Um, But- because it's like street tennis, you know, I think it's got to be street tennis because obviously during the Australian Open, you know, they didn't have any of the cat like um, the the cat players, the Luke. feline players, feline players, or or any of their schedule on on the thing. They they were all playing in the street tournament. Mm. Like, mm. well, they're still kind the of coming very up back in, the, courts. in yeah. the scene. There's this new cat tennis. Well, I think what actually it's tennis with is- three ends, and that's where the typo comes in. Yes, yes. Okay, I was going to take typo in a different way, but no, that works fine. Tennis with three ends, <laughs> um, and there's fights. Like this mm. is this is like Mortal Kombat tennis. Well, you know, is it? Is it? I'm always p- picturing like do you know how in hockey games <laughs> you, can you can just check them. You can just like <laughs> throw off the gloves and. What was that? There was a game in the 80s. Uh, it might have just been called Face Off, actually. Uh, it was a hockey game, but it specifically had a, a fight mode in it. Like, there were t- points where, yeah, if you check someone or whatever, they could threaten you and you can throw the gloves off and you had, like, a fairly basic, essentially, like, Street Fighter-esque <laughs> yep. uh, thing. Uh I'm almost picturing. Oh, it so as- you're so you're thinking at the en- at the change of ends, like where there's you know an odd odd number of games that have been mm. played, and that to change ends, you've got the option to to just to like, like slap them, scratch them, to throw to throw down the gauntlet as as it were, and and you go into a fighting game just for a little bit, and if you do well, then you you may actually win the next game. Like, well, yeah, yeah, you. And I don't know if you limit at least it. win some points. <laughs> I guess I guess that is the difference. Obviously, with tennis, is you're not very close to the other player uh, most of that the time often. to be able to just but you, throw you down. You can throw a you can throw a racket. Yeah, well, that's almost. I'm almost wondering is it is it almost is it almost uh, 
Fuck, what's that motorbike game? Trials? No, we hit him. Oh, Road Rash. Road Rash. Uh, is, is it almost te- like Road Rash Tennis? In that, like, it's, it is just a tennis game, but at the same time, you can, like, decide to throw your racket and then somehow you've got to get another one back. Or just, like, you've Serve got- at them. Yeah, like, you've got the opportunity to really, like, <laughs> aim at them. And you might lose the point if you miss them, but if you hit them, you'll do some damage. And that's all fair. Like, that's all part of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like maybe tennis for bad sports. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you can pick up different, like, other things to hit at them as well. Can Like, old <laughs> cans and <laughs> garbage or something. I don't know. And then, you know, if you damage them, like, that affects their playing. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm imagining that you can you can get them to call out the doctor because you've you've given them a bloody nose or you've given them a black eye. <laughs> yeah, but they have to do it quick because because if it's your you get to keep playing. <laughs> <laughs> Ace. Yeah. Ace. <laughs> so you got to you got to be good on your serves. It's got to be your serve. <laughs> so that's but that's all in the strategy. Like oh wear God, them down until so- it's your well, it's during their serve, and then when it's your serve, knock them out. Wait for the doctor, and just ace after ace. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I think what you can have there then is maybe a backup player for for each each one. Oh, so tag team, tag team it. Yeah. It's singles, but you know you got the backup player. But- it would bring all the like fighting tropes into it. Yeah. Special moves and finishing mm. moves. Fatalities. Yeah. I mean. Felinalities. (laughs) 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 These big power moves. I love the idea of just these big power moves, like anime style. Yeah, but unlike um, Mario Tennis. I was going to say, they kind of do big power moves only. Yeah, but these ones are, you know, you hit someone with this and, you know, their torso goes back, but their legs, arms and head are just sort of sitting there and then fall down to the ground. Yeah, it is. Full on, like, you hit it so fast that the ball catches fire and then just passes right through them. <laughs> this sort of style. And everyone's cats, of course. Yes. We we already said that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, right. I guess we're going- Give me, give me some words. Give me some words, Trev. You can have Glade, Archways, Striker. Okay. The first two were leading me down a very, like, a much calmer sort of game. Yeah. I, I an archway of, I and a glade. Archway and a glade. Ooh, secret garden. Mm, yeah, exactly. Striker. Striker. Hmm. I started thinking about a portal. Okay. That this archway oh. becomes a portal and, you know, some some other other- you know, dimensional um, entities come through and, you know, invade well, the secret the, garden. Yeah. Well, I mean, when he said secret garden and just that general idea, it gave me a very Narnia kind of vibe or, a, you know, that it's some lovely little glade in an English courtyard or whatever. And uh, we build on some of those, some of those tropes. Oh, mm. we're going to live at Auntie's house for a month. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> They've got the most wonderful gardens. 
I love to play in the archway. <laughs> oh, what's this? Some sort of portal. What is this creature? Excuse me, young man. I'm looking for the leader of this place, Earth. Oh, oh, yes. Well, you, you must want the prime minister. Yes, take me to this minister that is prime. Well, I, I don't know him personally, but, but maybe, maybe auntie knows. Take me to this auntie. Okay, okay. But where are you from, sir? I am from a, I'm from a mystical land called Houston. Oh, well, I've never heard of this land before. Can I visit? Can I visit Houston? Houston, yes. Just step through this archway. Oh, but... Young man. But my little sister can... I'm supposed to be looking after her. She's in the front yard. Do not worry about her. I will take care of her. Okay, so well, you crack, seem trustworthy. Crack, 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 crack. Crack, I'll crack, just walk crack, through crack. this portal now. Yes. Ah, Tell the commander that... <laughs> Tell the commander that I sent you. My name is... Oh, you said it. I didn't... I think maybe my ears can't... Yes, it's it's, it's very hard to pronounce. It's... Yeah, okay, I see your mouth is, is moving, but it seems like no sounds are coming out. There are a lot of silent letters. No, it's... Uh, the, it, the sounds are around 30 kilohertz. Can you not hear that? What's a kilohertz? That sounds dangerous. Yes, it it is very dangerous. Oh, what's what's this young? What's this animal that's come up to me? Oh no, that's Ugh. just my little sister, Martha. She's she's very friendly, it's sir. It's, ra- it's rather hairy for a Martha. <laughs> Hello, Martha. <laughs> How going with with a dog because of the high pitched sounds and the the whistling? Oh. <laughs> I thought you were calling back to the sister. No, I was calling for a dog. <laughs> and scene. And scene. You just got a little uh, little impro from us there. Oh, so that's probably the best accent I've done in, in a long time. <laughs> and it's just my usual accent that I use for all my characters. It's a bit gruff. Just go a bit gruff and just, a bit gravelly. Just a bit gruff to Houston. Uh, so that's <laughs> I, the opening cutscene. I, I suck with coming up with names on the spot. It's, uh, it's always either Jeremy or, Jeremy or Frederick for me. There were a few Jeremys last night in our in course. <laughs> well, I did, last I night did one. We, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's the opening cutscene for the game. And then uh, you play, you know, the young child. Okay, so this- what... I started getting a last Starfighter sort of feel that oh. the, the kid would actually go through the archway and end up fighting in all these battles and, and oh, I mean, that, I end mean, up that's being like very Narnia, isn't it? But but uh, in, in, with a more sci-fi bent, do you think is that what? Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, and not so much a religious. Oh yes, Aslan. No, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus allegory. Uh, <laughs> I do like that idea of of yeah playing with that. That trope of the, you know, early 1900s kids. All, all, the, all that was in my head was, my name is Mr. Tumnus. <laughs> and I'm like, no, <laughs> this doesn't feel right. Like, I'm just going <laughs> to 
I'm just going to go with nothing, and <laughs> we'll see what happens. Well, that would be good. Uh, <laughs> you want some turkey's delight? <laughs> Edmund. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, but, well, yeah, I, I love a last starfighter. I love, you know, well, and I really like that idea of a, do you remember the reboot of prey they were going to do that they canned? Did you ever see? Not the, not the one that actually came out. There was one before <laughs> that. Cause I'm like, prey got rebooted as this other sort of game. They like- did a very system shock ish prey. Yeah. There was one before that where you were going to be like this, like a bounty hunter in this sci-fi city. Um, okay. That had some, it just had some cool mechanics. And I think it was going to be, have a lot of very systems based stuff where you are like hunting down these bounties and sort of some cool parkour through these very vertical, you know, sci-fi cities and stuff. I kind of like the idea of this kid becomes a bounty hunter. In a sci-fi world, I just uh, the feeling of someone completely out of place like that, mm-hmm. but then actually finding themselves in it and realizing, oh, like I could be good at this, and then making their way up the ranks, and you know, and then you do the Narnia thing of like <laughs> you cover like thirty years of this kid's life as he becomes this grizzled like fifty-year-old. Well, I mean that'd be more than thirty, but. Uh, Bounty hunter, and then one day comes, like, back, comes back, back through, sleeps back through the portal, and his little and sister's his Martha again. there, and he's ten. Yeah, exactly. Like this <laughs> is <just> never the <laughs> same. Um, and, and I like I like the idea that um, you know, our our alien character is still there. Like he's like, oh, you just left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, does he does he know? Does he did he know it would have that I, effect? Or I kind of think that he didn't know, and then he realizes that oh, every second that I'm talking, I I don't know any of these people on the other side <laughs> yeah. anymore. Like what, what do you I've what, lost- what do you mean? Forty years past, my you children, my seconds. children are all gone. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get back. He gets back and it's just a it's a desolated wasteland, like nothing's left. <laughs> He's like running towards the portal, he trips over. It's like another ten years of his life on the other side gone. <laughs> it's so sad. Yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> All right. And then it then it turns out that you know, the kid goes. Um, is at like the post office or something like that and sees a wanted poster and you sort of just, it closes in and you see this glint in his eye. Yeah, of- his eyes narrow and it's like, <laughs> yeah, 10 year old bounty hunter. And then it's the sequel is he's got all these skills, but he's just in an English town. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I have some words. Cool. What three words do you have? Less rascally. Sheets, as opposed oh, to those are really rascally. Yeah, rascally sheets, but they're less rascally mm. than the other sheets. Mm-hmm. Hmm, is this sheets maybe like sheets of paper or something? 
It's some sort of. School. I was seeing. I was definitely seeing ba- bed sheets because I mean, mm. what's more rascally than bed sheets? So I mean, they are t- difficult to fold. Those fitted, fitted ones, little rascals. <sighs> it is. I know so there's about- a trick to it. I haven't fucking learned it. No, um, I have not either. Maybe this is about. Maybe this is sort of a imaginative kids thing set in like a blanket fort. Ooh. That's where the sheets kind of comes from, but it's almost in a it takes two kind of way where there's this <laughs> grand world, you know. I was in sort all of the thinking, what, what's a what's a less rascally way of doing it? And you get you get inside the blanket fort, and it's it's all very calm, and they're all sitting down. It's like, no, 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 this is where we meditate. We don't we don't speak up, or and- it's a blanket <laughs> fort, like it's the blanket kingdom. But it's it's very well do, run. Do, 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 do. You, you you sing like sw- you know swing doors that are made of cushions and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, very yeah. Wild West. And- <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I love that. I love that aesthetic of everything looking like blankets and cushions. But it's this. Yeah, it's uh It's an open. But it's very. Serious. It's an open world. Because it's less rascally, it's got to be very serious. Okay. It's, like- all right. Well, yeah. All right. It takes itself seriously. Yes. Because mm. that's fun. Um, the the juxtaposition, which is still my favourite word, um, that juxtaposition of like the whimsical blanket fort and the very but the serious stuff going that's actually on. happening. Yeah. Yes. Um, so you go into the police station and they go, "Sir, there's been a murder." <laughs> and it's There's stuffing it, everywhere. It, it's just it's just a very serious like. Um, you toy don't even murder, do. No, like, you don't even do it as toys. It's blood. There's blood soaking into all these sheets. <laughs> like, like it's never going to come need, out. You need to come down to the museum and and it, help me investigate. <laughs> See, it's like all these stuffed toys on pedestals, <laughs> <laughs> and then a kid that's just murdered in the middle of it. Yes, <laughs> and it's like so, young Daryl. That that's who I've worked this out to be. <laughs> oh my god, did I did I come from Houston because I sound exactly <laughs> the same? <laughs> this is just what he, when when that creature accepted his fate and then his whole family was gone. He stayed here, mm. lived a long time. He he, he lived in the lived blanket, in a blanket fort. fort. It's actually a metaphor for his own depression and and grief. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the weekends, he runs the candy store. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he wants to give back to the community. Yeah, yeah. He needs to see those happy can. children because his own grew up and died without him being there. In in, in the forty seconds he was here, yeah, four hundred years passed in his in his. T- <laughs> 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 and it's just a shame because his kind lived for four uh, for three hundred ninety nine years. <laughs> <laughs> He got back, <laughs> and the doctor's like, "You just missed them. You just uh, you missed it by well, one year." But <laughs> <laughs> the doctor's been waiting there for a year. It's like finally. <laughs> so, is this blanket game? Is it? Is this just a shooter? I almost like the idea of of like an actual just FPS in. Blanket Fort World, and just yep. blood spraying these like really nice shaders as the blood like soaks into the pillows. Mm-hmm. 
And it's, it's not that, you know, bright movie red. This is the deep, dark red that yeah. blood actually is. Yeah. You know, it, it, you see a pool of it on the ground. It looks almost black. <laughs> but when it's when it's on a sheet and it's, you know, moving down and you see the light streaming through it with those beautiful ray traced <laughs> shaders. Um, yeah. Translucent. Well, that's it. All the translucency of the sheets and things like will work so well. Um, oh, yeah. So what's All the-, the the sun streaming in from out from the window and um I can definitely see that it's um you know it feels like you almost have to be ducking down as you go through each of the <laughs> corridors and oh, stuff. Right, okay. But, but then, then when it you opens go into one of the into- rooms, it like just opens into this massive room. Yeah. But every time you go back into back out the door, it's like you gotta duck down again because it's it's very community in that yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. that community episode yeah. with the with the blanket forts and so is stuff. this I kind of like the the Wild West feel of it a bit or like or, or just the this is not Seriousness. a modern society <laughs> this is not a modern day society it's it, it is a bit uh frontier-ish then mm. this this blanket fort this blanket community is being established out there in your uh well I I kind of like, like a like, sheriff or something. rather than, rather than Wild West I actually kind of like turn of, you know, turn of the 20th century England, you know. Okay. That sort of, that sort of feel, you know, it's. So it's a bit, uh, it's maybe. A bit more grimy. It's a little bit more. Yeah. Is it gr- like by grimy, do you just mean like all the dust in the in cushions just, and the it just, crumbs? It kind of feels, <laughs> it kind of really feels lived in. It feels like not technologically advanced, you know, it's yeah. rather. You know, behind the times in in that sort of thing. Yeah, um, I like the idea of English actors. Even you know, there's something about having that, you know, an English Bobby or whatever. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's probably less going to be less of a shooter then, though. But maybe it becomes more of a beat 'em up sort of who done it. <laughs> oh, okay. You think? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you want to go a bit more with the, if we do want to go a bit more with the world building, then it makes a bit more sense to. It's almost a Sherlock Holmesian, uh, a first-person investigatory game like that could actually be a lot of fun. Like you're kind of tracking down the suspect of you got to go interview some people, and then yeah. like you go to the museum and it's like this big sprawling place with this dead body in the middle and you know, kind of blood translucence sheets and all this sort of stuff. And you leave there and you go you go across, you know, to the library and it's like this big sprawling library and um Yeah. You know, the librarian telling you to shush and cushions. And then you find she finds out that, you know, her husband's been killed and It's all very serious. It's all very serious, but it's in this mystical land of <laughs> just Pillows and cushions, and like even the books are just like squishy. Yeah, I, I'm thinking, you know, the the kitty books that uh, you used to be able to get that had all the really soft. Oh um, yeah, just like soft felt. pages. Yeah, but you know, you you you. But it's you like five hundred like, pages, and you, you pick out like this, um, you know. Uh, something about blood splatter analysis or something like that, but it's got these really big, <laughs> big <laughs> like, kid style pictures. Cushion, oh, there's the pages. pages. <laughs> <laughs> there's something about that that just like it screams. Well, the worst, surely the, the worst uh, 
or the most useful tool in a place like this is like a fucking pair of scissors or something or a Stanley knife <laughs> just to slash through, <laughs> slash your way through walls and doors or whatever. <laughs> I kind of like the idea that our that our cop is called Stanley and he's got a knife <clears throat> and this is where the name Stanley knife comes from. <laughs> like. <laughs> Well, you, you don't even you don't even bring it up, but you just have it as a little in joke. Huh? Huh? Stanley? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, are the people? Do the people look like people, or are they like pillow people? Oh, they're hundred percent people. Just regular like, people. And occasionally, you you see like stuffed toys. Um, yeah. Do they like? Do they anthropomorphize? Okay. Um, well, whether you anthropomorphize it or it's just as though people can actually talk to them and subtitles come up down the bottom with what the conversation is. <laughs> right, but they don't actually move. All, all, all the people in the game are fully voiced, but all the um, but all the, all uh, the soft toys, you know, soft toys oh. are just subtitled. Right. Um, there is a scene where you go where you go to a cafe and you see like dates happening between you know, <laughs> humans and some- toys. Some humans, some toys, body pillows. There's a there's a <laughs> human and a toy having like making out in the in, in, the, in the back corner with very <laughs> like, visible tongue, and it's a dog from the from the toy. toy. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like licking their face, but they're just totally into it in a very sexual way. <laughs> I don't know why we needed to do that. <laughs> Because that's what came into my mind, and that's what made it funny. <laughs> yes. Well, I yeah. Uh, cool. Okay. Let's let's move on. Shoot a movie. Yeah. Why not? Let's, let's do a movie. So each get a movie. movie. And uh, so what we do here is we have a random movie selector, and we just take the title or the plot or something from the movie and turn that into a game. Mm-hmm. So I have a United Kingdom, <laughs> and I have Eddie the Eagle. Okay, well, Eddie the Eagle lends itself lends itself much more to any sort of game, just from a title point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mine's a very dramatic thing about a couple in the forties between British and South Africa. So we're not gonna. <laughs> turn that into a game. Uh, I'm you sure some know. people could. Not really our wheelhouse. No. Um, and I'm just reading the synopsis right now, and I'm going, you know what? I just like the idea of Eddie the Eagle. Yeah, let's That's- just take Eddie the Eagle. So, is this a very, so- like, mascot-ish, like, uh, you know, Sonic- Early PlayStation 1 game or something along those lines. Yeah, or- where they've really tried to turn, you know, like a- um, Fuck, what was, like, the Dingo one or, like, Spyro or whatever. Where- I don't remember a Dingo one, but yeah, remember Ty the Tasmanian Tiger. Oh, that's, I think that's what well, I was thinking of, Ty the Tasmanian Tiger. Yeah, the Aussie one. Um, yeah, I think this is Eddie the Eagle, and mm-hmm. this is their attempt to cash in on the Crash Bandicoot Spyro style of yeah. thing and really build a mascot that they can, you know, sell. Okay, so let's let's list out some things that eagles are, are known for. Okay, eyesight. Uh good eyesight. Yep, 
<laughs> there we go. Like first flying very high. Uh, yes, uh, very good predators. Like they, some of them are very fast, quite patriotic. Yes, I don't know if we want to go down that um, route. No, uh, they're. Is this eagle? Is it like a wedgie? Wedge tail. Stick I to do the like Australian that idea, stuff. But it's kind of cool. It being being an Australian. Uh, given that, you know, bandicoots are Australian, Tasmanian tigers are Australian. Dragons. This is a witchtail, Eddie, Eddie the Witchtail Eagle. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Uh, territorial. Yes. Um, can be taught, like they can. Mm, smart. Smart. Okay. So I like the idea, actually, of territorial. So in a, a bit less of a level by level way it's maybe you've got like your hub of your territory you venture mm-hmm. out into the territory of other animals um mm-hmm. that you are seeking something from what is what is eddie trying to do what is eddie searching um, for ooh, i think he's searching for for love in several wrong places that you said eddie um so it's, it's, it's a very romantic game Hmm. No, and, and it's it's like there's so many things that could actually happen in between, like doing side quests and that sort of stuff. A la, I like the hub world being one thing, and you you sort of get out into into sort of like the areas just outside your first yeah. area, and then and they you ask can travel to do further. And you- yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, is this then how much flying is involved in? Sort of the main gameplay would be a question I'd ask. Um, or is it a bit more uh, platforming and you can sort of with glide mechanics or- I kind of think, if you remember back, you know, some of the earlier, um, some of the earlier games around um, NES and SNES mm. era were like top down, you know, sort of oh. Raptor Call of the Shadows sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And then if you went into, like, the the 3D sort of version of that where, you know, they're having to dodge through different areas and, you know- Wait, kind of like the behind then? Yeah. Are you saying you go from one to the other? You can- Okay. Go go from one to the other depending on what what you're sort of having to do. Yeah, what's the game? There was a pretty popular game that did that behind, like, a Super NES game or something. What is that called? Oh, I never played much of it, but just to to get across the idea of what we're talking about. Yeah, I seem to remember that there was a game that went from two D to three D. Just um, well, even I don't. I think there was one that just. I think it was one of the like Mode Seven games on the SNES or whatever um, that I'm, that I'm thinking of at least. Yeah, uh, I just can't remember which one. <sighs> It was. If we can remember it, (laughs) we will. We will do an addendum next next week and let you know what the game was. (laughs) The only other one I can the only other one I can think of that was somewhat similar was Panzer Dragoon. Um, that was later. I was thinking was was Xenon Mega Blaster, but I don't think it was. And I remember playing that many times. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Just, but yeah, I, I, I kind of like the idea of, you know, switching between yeah. 
those so those two sort of in the, areas. Whether you're actually shooting anything, well, I was going to say you're... like the, both of those styles of games were very much uh, uh, kind of air combat with with projectile weapons or laser weapons or whatever. I mean, is this a world where Eddie can get some armaments? I don't know. <laughs> do we turn this into a bit of a? Because I do like that. Yeah, what was it? Raptor something? Like, there are a few games yeah, like that where- Raptor Call of the Shadows. Where, that's what I- Yeah. That, yeah, I know. Yeah, I couldn't remember <laughs> the subtitle was, that's all, um, that you said earlier. Where, because that was one where it was top down, but you had like a quite large area and you'd get quests and stuff. Is that right? Or am I thinking something um, different? I think that's, that's kind of like a police game I seem to remember. Maybe. I kind of like that idea though, where- Yes, it's the top, it's top down, you know, almost uh, isometric top down. I guess you'd probably have some perspective anyway, whatever. Uh, flying around a relatively large area that you kind of, you know, you, you get a sense of this map uh, over time and, and different factions or different groups in different areas. And then you've got your own territory where your sort of base is. Uh, and then you could do it in that very, like, you get upgrades, you get better weaponry. But then it sw- can switch into that behind the shot, like over the shoulder or behind the, the Eddie mm-hmm. <laughs> camera angle uh, for a different type of combat when you come up against certain people or the boss fights or I don't know, something. Yeah. Um, there's, there's certainly something about like a level where you, where you're even told you got to go find this. So you're using your eagle eye vision to, mm. to like find this thing within. You were told around this area, so you're sort of flying through. And then, if all of a sudden you you start getting chased, you know you you're going through a canyon or something. Like you got to yeah, sort of dodge all the things, and then you get out and yeah. yeah then it becomes just- uh, Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> what was the fucking canyon one? Rogue Rogue Squad. No, no, it wasn't. No, it was. Um, Fuck, we're going through all these goddamn- <laughs> All these games Rebel that we're trying to reference. Rebel Assault. Rebel Assault, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, they were like, fucking horrible games, those two. These weird fucking four-version video, like, death scenes and stuff. Yeah, it's very linear. Um, so, maybe this whole game is just us parodying uh, <laughs> other, other genres from, from the 80s and 90s. Uh <laughs> God, I'm I'm actually remembering because I I actually had uh, Rebel Assault One and Two. Yeah, because I bought the like, LucasArts that, but, yeah, packs. They Lu- LucasArts put out two packs. They put out an adventure pack and they put out a um. And they put, they out, put out, three, out a Star Wars pack. Three, I think there were two adventure packs. I think, and then okay. there was a Star Wars one. Because I'm pretty sure I had at least two, if not all of them. But um, yeah, I had the Star Wars one that came with. Like Dark Forces, and, no, Dark Forces playable demo because it That's only came right. with the first three fucking levels. Yeah, yeah, actually, I remember that being <laughs> and, annoying. Uh, yeah, but uh, Rebel Assault One, Tie Rebel Assault Two, or one uh, of the one of the just Tie just Fighter, Fighter, just Tie Fighter. Yeah, uh, collector CD edition, and there was like a, a a Lucasfilm like video CD that they that they released with it. Um on on the adventure on the adventure one, I actually don't think I had that. Yeah, they, I think I had the Monkey Island Adventure one. So they did. They I'm looking up LucasArts archives. So they yep. did Volume One, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, Man, Man, yeah, Jin, nice. uh, Day of the Tentacle, 
Sam Maxi yep. the Road. Yeah. Star Wars Rebel Assault 3 level demo. <laughs> Star Wars Rebel Assault 3. Yeah. No, Star no, a three level Star demo. Of three level Rebel demo. Assault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a screen Star Wars screen entertainment desktop utility. <laughs> yeah, nice. And then a sampler disc with demos of other stuff. Yeah. Then they did the Star Wars collection, which was volume two, which had yeah, Rebel Assault, Rebel Assault 2, TIE Fighter, Dark Forces Demo. And then, like, a Star Wars multimedia CD-ROM behind-the-scenes thing. Yeah. And then they had Volume 3, and this was the best one because it had Afterlife. Oh, yeah, Afterlife, The Dig, Full Throttle, Monkey Island Madness, which had Monkey Island 1 and 2, mm-hmm. Dark Forces, the full thing. Yeah. And then another sampler disc. Oh, and then they did Volume 4, which is another Star Wars one. Mm-hmm. Dark Forces, TIE Fighter, X-Wing, Yoda Stories. And that same fucking Star Wars making magic behind the scenes disc. <laughs> um, oh, I only God, had one the of them. 90s were fun. I only had one of them. I only had the second one. I had the Star Wars one. Because uh, I, I now remember how I got Fate of Atlantis. It was- And this is like- This is completely off. We're just reminiscing about- to- Totally off. Totally off, off topic. We will get back to the game design and we will finish off, you know, uh, yeah. with at least one more. Um <laughs> We we were we were away in Kyneton on a on a trip, yep. and we went to this shop in Dalesford, yeah. And they just they happened to have like this sealed little plastic pocket yep. that had a manual and a disc. Nice, and that's how I got my Fate of Atlantis. Nice, I, I got it for like fifteen bucks yep. from this place, and it was a real like. And this it is had a fully printed label and all this sort of stuff. For those like, listening, this is back in the days when, like, when we got a game, it had to last. Like, yes. we'd save for a single game for months. Mm. And I wasn't expecting to buy a game yeah. this day. Um, this is back in probably 96, 90, 95, 96, something yep. like that. And You know what? It was probably- fr- they were probably selling off this archive, perhaps. Oh, well, not even had a manual, maybe. But I wouldn't be surprised if some places sold all the things in the archive separately and made, you know, a bit of extra cash. Yeah, I, I actually, um, I got Day of the Tentacle from Cash Converters. I got um, Monkey Island Madness for my birthday at one stage, and that that literally came with, you know, one and. One and two on a single CD ROM that yeah. happened to have the the audio for for um, Monkey Island One as CD audio in there. <laughs> like, Man, those halcyon just- days of adventure games being like the top sellers, LucasArts and Sierra battling it out, bringing mm-hmm. out new games every year, <sighs> and then the disappointment of getting. Rex Nebula and the Cosmic Gender Bender for your birthday and realising that it's just a fucking horrible game. <laughs> uh, I never put- That was an early look, so that's one, was it? No. Oh, that no, was s- Microprose. Oh, my. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I did. I think I did play that one, but- I, I'm like, how many games did I actually buy from- I mean, we, we, come, we come from the era where we had the big boxes. Yes. So, I remember Ben's collection of big, big cardboard boxes. Yep. I had a big collection of cardboard boxes. I think that's boxes got well. rid of them, most of them now. I've got some mm-hmm. here, but when mum and dad left, we we decided, yeah, let's get rid of all of them. I had, you know, different versions of of games to what other people would have had because our first disc 
drive was actually a five and a quarter, not a three, not right. a three and a half inch. So therefore, we had the big, big floppy bastards. Yep. Uh, for King's Quest Six and all this sort of stuff. Well, that's yeah. Well, that's <laughs> when uh, one of one of my <laughs> most uh, one of my most memorable moments, I guess, was when we got Space Quest Four for Christmas. Because that was often the thing, is we'd get a game for Christmas. Uh, but Dad accidentally was it the EGA bought the EGA version. version? Yep. It was the EGA version. <laughs> Instead of the VGA version. So, Oh, I remember why I know this. We used to have another podcast yeah, called Two Swery Dads, and we've talked, talked about this about before. This <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, enough. God enough. damn, I, I, I love doing this sort of stuff. Um, I'm going to have fun to, editing this. We do try to keep it out of this show. Trevor might cut that whole bit out. I don't know. So Fuck no. <laughs> Fuck no. We're keeping that in. <laughs> if you're just here movie. for the game design, I apologize. But there's a little bit of our gaming history. Uh, three to one movie? Yeah, three to one movie. Ooh. Ooh. I like this. Mm-hmm. Tau. T-A-U. Ooh. Held captive in a futuristic smart house, a woman hopes to, to escape by befriending the AI program that controls oh, the I've house. Oh, I've seen that, I think, from a few years ago. 2018. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have seen that. Uh, I got this one. I'm not super familiar. Um, Spider-Man, Far From Home. I don't know. Some small weird thing I don't, or something. Came a couple of years ago. Say that again, Spy- Spiderman? Spiderman, yes. Uh, is that Ray Spiderman? It might be what Ray Spiderman. Yeah, that old character, Ray Spiderman, the private detective. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I can't, I can't like the idea of this um, held captive in future. Yeah, let's go with that. House. Like, um, I don't know what you could do with Ray Spiderman. No, there's no excitement there at all. And why is he far from home? Like, mm, can just go home? Weird. Uh, okay, I do like that idea of being captive in a smart home. Um, this does, and maybe this is just because we were reminiscing so much, but it feels like a point-and-click adventure. I yes. could see a really cool point-and-click adventure. Um, yep. Even in a that good, good classic, retro sort yeah, of- Yeah, LucasArts style. Yeah, and- Because you could have some really nice detailed pixel art in, you know, this so nice Ben home. and I, we, we have actually had- like we we did an episode of um, what was it platforms and pitfalls where we actually talked a lot about what we like about adventure games yes. and we always come back to Lucas Arts which um, obviously part of part of the whole uh, George Lucas thing the way that they did theirs was very mouse based it had verbs rather than um, rather than a rather text than having parser. to. Text parser, which is what Sierra started with, and then and they also like the idea. Well, they weren't end states. Like you generally yeah. couldn't uh, die. You couldn't just fail at the game. You yeah. just you had to solve the puzzles, and you had a certain amount of things in front of you in various rooms, and you know you just had to figure out the right combination of things to do. Yeah. So in taking that sort of vein and taking the um. The graphical style, probably of Thimbleweed Park, yep. uh, where it's updated enough to to feel still like um, yeah, you can, a Monkey Island or something like you that. You can but do some more modern effects modern and different things. Yeah, I kind of like the idea that the only way to to escape this 
house is you first have to go as deep as you can into the house to then mm. get out again. Like you have to find the manual. Yes. Well, how <laughs> smart is this house? So, I mean, I know in the movie there was like an actual sort of AI that it, that they were fighting against. Um. Well, okay. Well, first, why is this person captured here? I suppose is this someone in their I, own house? I think this is someone who has um come uh come home after a long trip. Okay. To to their house that their AI doesn't want them to leave because they're lonely. <laughs> and Okay. Because there's just there's something about that as not a nefarious thing like this AI just doesn't want to be alone and not able to not able to actually talk with mm. someone and you know even though this holiday was only two weeks or something like that like in clock cycles that was you know millions upon millions upon millions of clock cycles right they couldn't talk to their you know their yeah. best friend the only pe- the only person that they ever talked to right okay. I, th- I think. Did we do a game like this where you play the house? I feel like we did a game like this where you play the house. Anyway, I'm just getting some vague memories. Uh, that's that's fine. I do like that idea. Uh, just to give a alternate. Just so thing. it's not a nefarious. No, no, no. Sort of but and mine wasn't it's... either. But what the idea I had was that you wake up. Essentially, this person wakes up one day and their house won't let them leave. Uh, but it can't tell them why for whatever reason. Or it, and it could be that we could merge these in that. Mm-hmm. Because of certain programming, it can't tell them why that there's some threat because there's actually some threat outside or, or like maybe there's someone in the house and they've locked them in a room, but through some quirk in the programming, they're not allowed to like upset their owner or something or whatever. So, which in turn is upsetting the owner, which like, yeah. So it's, it's creating these weird quirks in the, in the AI and their behaviors. Uh, and so you're sort of having to discover, you're having to, to, Almost give fucking therapy to this house while also exploring and, and maybe trying to, you know, get around its programming or something. Uh, so maybe you do have to like find the owner's manual or something initially to like figure out how to reset it. But then like the, the unit is in the bedroom and it's not letting you into the bedroom or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you find out that yes, like there was an intruder and they, the house locked them in the bedroom to protect you. Uh, and now it's scared that, like, because now it, now that it knows there are intruders, it won't let you out of the house because everyone out, like, there are other intruders out there. <laughs> it's basically <laughs> tr- like treating all other humans as hostile. Um, yeah. And maybe it's not even a violent intruder. Maybe it's like someone you know. It's your sister. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that's like, it. She turned up in the middle of the night to, um, like- and and it's actually you know really bad that the house hasn't told you because you know it's yeah it's one of these things of uh, rather than sister I kind of like the idea of it being brother because yeah you know, your brother like or maybe your brother did get it yeah got into a fight or something is like or got beaten up came to you because you were you're the closest house that he could get to you know mm-hmm. they stole his fucking car or something the, he got ha- the house let him in well or he busted in. Like maybe he did because he like it was the middle of the yep. night and he but he just had to get it to get somewhere so he did break a window or something. He broke into into the bedroom and then 
you know, the house went into lockdown at that, at yeah. that point, and that's why he's locked in the bedroom. Yeah. But, but the house didn't want to wake you up because, like, there's, you know, things in place of you're in do not disturb mode until 8 a.m. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm just imagining that you're hearing, like, um, banging on the walls and all this mm. sort of stuff, and it's like, that's what wakes you up, that there's, yeah. like, this big bang. Yeah. And well, just- well, what wakes you up is the, like, steel shutters coming down because <laughs> the house is just, like, no one else is getting in here. I need to protect my owner. Um, so, what I like about this is you don't know what's actually going on straight away. Something has happened. Like, it, it's straight away you're in conflict. Yeah. Yeah, so- exactly. You wake up into this, like, tense situation, basically. And all you can do is ask questions of this house and, and go around and explore what you can to sort of figure out where you are and what is going on. Yep. And there's something, there's something about, you know, having everything in total lockdown. So when you get out, the only room that you can sort of get to is like the kitchen because there's no door on that. But right. on the other side of the, Oh, the kitchen, there was a door because, you know, it's sort of like a door leading into the, into the living room or yeah. something like that. And you, you gradually get to unlock this other door. So now you can go between these three rooms and then you, yeah, that could be interesting actually that you literally taking it sort of room by room. Cause that's a good way to just reveal things to the player and also limit, like make the earlier puzzles are going to be a little bit easier because you've got very limited places you can go and things you can pick up mm-hmm. uh, and conversations you can have with the house. But yeah, getting into each room is essentially convincing the house of different things or talking to the house and explaining, you know, or, or like reversing the programming essentially. Like you're almost having to unravel this emergent combination of commands that you've given this house previously that have sort of caused this, uh, this, this like this feedback loop or yeah, something like, like that. this lock like- between them all where they're all conflicting in different ways and it's this is the only way it's found an equilibrium before these between these you know mostly conflicting commands oh i kind of like the idea that you can also go back to you know a fight that she had with her brother like yeah. many years ago like where she said i never want to see you again you know <laughs> yeah ex- that sort of thing and it's yes Yes, and so that's why that's why the house is sort of like it's picked up on the on all these conversations that were being had yep. even before the AI was f- properly installed. Like the AI it was had still like there historical in logs. Yeah. So I don't know you could you could actually play around with that and and that's a really sort of, interesting way to because I like then the idea of the house playing back the conversations from the logs, but. Y- it do- it doesn't know that this is specifically why, like, because you could have things in there as well of like, I don't even, uh, I never even want to hear your name, you know, and so the house can't tell you who's in there. <laughs> um, yeah. But that you and, that you then have to as, sort of as- tease out <laughs> these historical things and like through tangents find ways where it then you finally get it to to talk to to admit you know to say that there's a specific command in there based on this you know based on your conversation from you know the 23rd of August 
in 2023 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have to, you listen to it back and then you can undo that command or whatever. And that, and that's what the thing that gets you into the next room or yeah, that would be really tricky to write, but I could see it feeling very satisfying and just being such a good device for exposition and learning more about the characters. That's cool. But you can, you can learn more about the characters through playing a memory. And in that memory, you actually get to, you get to explore the house a little bit more. Like it's actually a playable memory in the fact that, right. you know, so it's not just exposition for exposition's sake. It's actually, you know, this is you now playing through that memory and there's certain things that are going to happen in that memory. Yeah. That, well, know, that can give you a good way to like, truth. you know, if that memory is in a different, yeah, in a different room in the house, it's like, oh, well, I know that the thing I need now is in that room. Because it was there in the memory, it yep. gives you some direction, um, and but you've still got yeah, puzzles to solve to actually get there in in the present. Yeah, like I like the idea that one of the main things that you actually need is in the room with your brother. Yeah, yeah, and so you know it's one of the last things that you actually get. And if you had, it's effectively if you had it, then you could you could back this whole thing out. Yes. It may, it's like the reset code or something. Like it's some sort of manufacturer's, you know, it's the warranty code or whatever. <laughs> or it just, it just so happens that, you know, that's usually your bedroom. But for some reason you, you fell asleep on the couch yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And so therefore, you know, normally in your bedroom, that's where you, that's where you actually have, you know, the, the actual console for. Right. For the only place that you can actually enter this this code in, but it actually requires your thumbprint or something like yeah. that. So, yeah, there's there's so many different ways that you could actually take that. that yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I um, like that. No, a that's lot. really cool. That's that's really that's cool. a really yeah, that's a really fun idea. That I feel like, even though we haven't gone through that much of the actual story itself, like it feels fleshed out in that you could you could really see how that could play out. Um. Um, and, you know, fairly minimal scenes. Yes. You know, particularly graphically. Obviously, there'd probably be, there'd be a lot of writing and then if you're going to have any sort of uh, speech in so, it, that's going to take a while. regarding moving around the house, I like- There's something about the old Lucasfilm games, especially Monkey Island 1, when you went out into, say, if you went out into the island- it sort of went to a top-down view mm. where you could you could see, like, almost a map of where you need yeah. to go. I like the idea that when you go out into the hallway, it flips to a- To a top. Flips to a top-down, top, top down and you can see where you're allowed to go to right now yeah. and what's locked off. So, you'd always know this is where you can get to. And each room that you're in is, like, a side-on view. Yes. That- So, it actually kind of feels 3D-ish, but- not really, if if you know what I mean. Like, yeah, would you do that in three D? Do you think so? You actually do rotate it up, or do you just like have a separate map screen and and do it all? There is some, retro there 2D? is something about about a retro two D, um, but having you know a, a very nice map that it that it sort of yeah. Well, it looks that to. It, particularly in a in a relatively small space like that. With, you know, presumably a few different interconnecting rooms into each thing, it probably helps to be able to visualize it from that 
way anyway, and also to just be able to quickly get around. Like, yeah, I think so you, you just, basically you can just you see the entire house yeah. as it's laid out, except for maybe you can go down to the basement or you can go into the attic. Yes. Like, there's two extra levels that it can go to, but for the main, main part, you actually see these are all the all the rooms yeah. that you've got access to. Yes. And I think you can if you click on any that you've got access to, then it just it'll take you straight there. It takes you straight and there, or you or you see the you see that yeah you see it move through and then but so that you don't have to uh you can do that whole thing of like, like oh I want to get four rooms away so I'm gonna go to that door then go to that door then go to that door oh yeah none of that it's it's literally if you if you're in the back the back like spare bedroom and you want to get all the way down to you know the dining room yeah. you click on the dining room and you see your character if you double walk click there on the dining room it goes there or if you just click on it once it walks through the different places and goes there and yeah loads up the scene yeah that's cool i really like it i really there's so much that you could do there um ai gives you something that you're talking to that doesn't necessarily have to have a embodied face sort of thing like it's yeah well that's another thing you could do like fairly limited rooms fairly limited assets like animation wise and stuff even if you went with full you know nice LucasArts be at you know walking through rooms and stuff you only doing one character for the most part yeah. uh, it feels doable yeah I feel like if we're and, but but then having having the extra um like Filters that you can put on on like a room. Oh, that okay. Cha- cha- that changes the color of it. That you know, then that that represents the memory version of it, where, right. where it's sort of like a little bit more old timey feel. You know, a sepia sort of tone, or yeah, just yeah. You do something to to make it obvious for sure. A slight, you know, different uh, LUT or lookup table yeah. on the color. Yeah. To to get that color grading working because that's something that's always fun. Yeah, that's cool. I really like that. I want to build it. I want to write it. I'm not good enough to write it, but no, but it'd be fun to try. We can improv it. <laughs> <laughs> we just improv the whole story. Okay, I think that's yeah. about all the time that we got tonight. That's it. So- Show's done. So if you want to find us online and check out our previous episodes, go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. They're all up there. Uh, there's a huge variety. <laughs> we do many different things. We've had guests on in the past and uh, tons of different sort of games that we've played over the years. So check out those episodes. Shoot us a review. Do you like the song that we play at the start and end? I certainly do. I know Ben Ben likes it as well. That song is called Mantifiance. It's off the album Containment Failure by the band Kuradust. Go check it out. That's right. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And I'm Rex Spiderman. P.I. It's the name's on the door. Are you from Houston as well? Yes, can't you hear it in my voice? We all talk like this in Houston. Yes. Good to see you, sir. Can I go to Houston? Shut up. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.